Front office, please hold. Welcome to our special guest segment of Front Office Podcast. We take a different turn this week as we kind of talk to an active athlete. So he's entering his eighth year of professional football. He is currently a running back and a captain with the Ottawa Red Blacks. We welcome Brendan Galanders. Brendan, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. And how are you doing? Doing just fine, man. Doing just fine. So we were just talking before we came on and it's, it's getting crazy how old we're both getting. Yeah, exactly. I know that's what uh, it kind of hit me last year to be or I guess two years ago now, uh, in all honesty, um, when I was in year six, and all of a sudden, I became one of the older guys on the team and <laughs> kind of had to step into that that mentor role. And I'm like, yeah. when, the, when the hell did this? Happen? Uh, but it's it's been fun. And now I'm at the point in my career where I'm like, hey, let's just make this thing last as long as I can. So yeah. Well, you still look great, pal. And, uh, you know, you, you've been such a good role model for not only players, you know, coming into the league, but, uh, but for everybody kind of looking up to, to the pro athletes nowadays. You've been great in the community and something that I think a lot of people appreciate. So um, as we kind of move on, obviously, there was a pretty big game yesterday uh, in the world <laughs> of football. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, kind of give me your breakdown of what you saw and, and what you thought of, of the performance by, by both Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Um, I mean, first, first off, I'd like to disclose that I'm probably a little bit biased because I've been a Kansas City fan since, since I was a child. Um, so, I mean, obviously I went, went into the game, um, picking the Chiefs, uh, but you know, um, I, I think what Tampa Bay did was ridiculously impressive. They made, um, I mean, the best football team in, in the NFL. Yep look absolutely ordinary last year or last night sorry in, in a number of ways um i mean their their tampa bay's defense is so fast it, mm -hmm. it is crazy to watch them run sideline to sideline and um the amount of of young players that they have yeah. playing on that team as well if you look if you look back to the the draft from 2017 to now the, the number of starters that they have from the draft is absolutely incredible yeah um and I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have ever said that Kansas City's defense was a strong suit <laughs> at, yeah. at any point. I mean, they, they get a lot of turnovers and, and they've played well at times, but uh, the offense carries the team for a lot of the time. And I mean, I, I think that we all knew that Tom Brady was going to uh, play well, play just as well as he always does under the biggest light. So, um, I mean, like, like I said, I, I think in all honesty, the way that Tampa Bay played, it just is impressive yeah. game plan to how the players executed it. It's, it was pretty close to probably about as perfect of a game as you could imagine against yeah. Kansas City. So, yeah, no, I, a hundred percent. I was so impressed with how Tampa Bay came out with such a great prepared game plan and they stuck to it like a glove. You know, their defense, like you were saying, was flying around the field. They were getting pressure with four guys all game, which allowed their two safeties to kind of sit high and take away the deep game from Kansas City. And and obviously, Kansas City's offensive line being a little nicked up going into that game is, is definitely a recipe for disaster when you have a good pass rush. So, um, but no, I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, being a Kansas City fan like you are, it's tough to go through that. But hey, you know, 
defending champions. They went into the game, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls. That's pretty impressive in itself. And you got yourself a warrior at quarterback, man. That guy, there's no quit in Patrick Mahomes. And, um, you know, I, I, I just – I can't see Kansas City going away for, for the next little while. No, exactly. I, I completely agree. Um, Fears down the road, it might might be a little bit of, of a struggle on how to keep the core together. But uh, I think Pat Mahomes is going to be a guy like Tom Brady. Guys are going to want to go to Kansas City to play with him. Um, so I, I, I think that, yeah, our, our future is pretty bright. And the coaching staff, for the most part, will be intact um, next year, which is a, a little surprising yeah. um, if, if you ask me, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, what, what Tampa Bay has done and it's, it's, it's a Tom Brady effect. Right. And, and it's like I said, if I, as a Kansas city fan, if I had to lose to one other team or player, I, I love the Tom Brady narrative and him being able to distance himself from the whole new England dynasty and right. Belichick and um, kind of start and separate his own legacy that way. That's, a hell of a story, man. And in all honesty, it's like I told um, my dad today when when he called and asked how I felt about the game yeah. uh, last night. And I told him, in all honesty, I, I really do think that um, we grew up in an era that, I mean, we get to say we're still watching the best football player to ever play the game play. He's still winning at 43 years old. It's It's yeah. absolutely incredible. I mean, he's been to 20% of, of every Super Bowl. Like it's, yeah. it's absolutely insane what he's done. It, it's yeah. crazy. So, I mean, like I said, if, if we had to lose, at least it was to uh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? Our generation has been very blessed and watching a lot of, you know, legendary performances and legendary players come through the NFL and sports in general. So, I mean, we have to kind of soak it in as, as we, as we can. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll put the game aside. We'll move on to to bigger and better things now. So, um, you know, you yourself, you know, you're in the middle of a, of an off season, kind of, you know, looking forward, chomping at the bit to going into the 2021 CFL season. So, obviously, your off season's been a little extended, you know, based on what you're used to. But uh, you're just kind of checking in. How's uh, how's everything going for you? Yeah, no, it's been it's been going good. It's like you said, it kind of got upended um, when the season got delayed, delayed, delayed all throughout last summer, and then officially canceled. Um, it kind of turned into the off season that doesn't end. <laughs> but uh, it, in all honesty, um, aside from rewriting my yearly training plan about twenty times since then, um, it, the training's been good. I mean. Yeah. Um, the, uh, a big difference too that, that you have to consider is that up here in Canada, there are a lot more restrictions that are going on down in the States as well. So, uh, in all honesty, I think that how we were able to prepare ourselves physically and, and mentally and being able to stay, um, in that off season mode for, for that prolonged period of time is really going to kind of separate the players that, um, really wanted and want to get after it as opposed to the players that were just kind of sitting on on the couch because it's easy to make a lot of excuses with with that time being off right I mean there's there's a hundred different reasons why nobody wants to go out and run in the snow and um gyms haven't been open and it's body weight training for months at a time and stuff like that but at the end of the day I mean I I've always um I kind of listen to the motto like at the end of the day you you have excuses or you have results right and I mean, I'm not going to be the guy that uh, um, is going to just sit on the couch and, and hope good things happen. I'm going to try and go out and do everything and control what I can control. Because like I said, at the end of the day, we're, we're playing these guys that do have access to high level training, 
Um, yeah. And they they aren't going to be coming up here taking it easy on us just because because we were in lockdown for ten months, right? So yeah. I mean, um, you you got to do what you got to do, and it's for the love of the game, and you come physically prepared. And like I said, I I like to think that's partially one of the reasons why I'm still playing right now. So um, any anything to get the edge on the competition at this point. Hundred percent, man. And and I mean anybody who's looking for a reason to get motivated to work out go check out brendan's workouts on his social media pages like this guy is an absolute unit and i mean you say that you're going into your eighth season but like buddy you look like you're in your your second or third season like you're still as explosive as ever you know you're you're looking you know as healthy as you've ever been so you know kudos to you for taking that you know model you know even up in level from uh, from what you know probably most of the guys are doing in the current off season so um yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we're we're getting into a very interesting time because with COVID being an issue in modern sports, we're now approaching the first true free agency, you know, with COVID being a factor. So you look at it, the CFL's you know coming around the corner for free agency, the NFL's coming around the corner for free agency, but it's not going to be your typical off season when it comes to signing players. There's going to be a lot more players cut because salary caps aren't going to be as high. Teams are going to be spending as much money. Um, you know, for you personally, I, I know that you've been through it, you know, going through the free agency process. So maybe kind of take us, you know, through what these guys are going to be going through when they're talking about, okay, well, I'm on the open market now and, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I'm going to try to do. What was it, What was that like for you when you went through it for the first time? Um, stressful. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I, I, I love football, right? So anytime politics or numbers, dollar signs and stuff like that get involved, I always kind of roll my eyes and yeah. um, try and uh, deal with that as quick as possible so I can get back to playing football as quick as possible. But no, it, in all honesty, there's, there's way more that goes into a decision than um, people realize a lot of the time. Um, I mean, the, the market can be a factor, uh, game day atmosphere could be a factor um ownership could be a big factor coaching staff could be a a big factor (laughs) exactly roster who you have on the roster it's it's like i told you sometimes you just get guys that um you're comfortable playing with or coaches you're comfortable playing for right uh in terms of um uh, even in the states i i know uh income tax there's certain states that you don't pay income tax or as much income tax right um, which when you're talking about millions of dollars, that's, that's a lot of money in terms of, of tax savings that way, um, here in, here in Canada, not, uh, as big of a factor, but you do have provinces without sales tax as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a million decisions for, for me personally. Um, I knew that Ottawa would be a right decision because of the coaching staff that was in place. Um, Obviously, a lot of the guys that uh, Trevor Harris ended up signing with Ottawa as well at the same time that I did. So I knew that there was familiarity there as well. Um, obviously, I know the marketplace <laughs> growing up here in Ottawa. And, I would hope which, so. Which was, yeah, exactly. Kind of, <laughs> kind of unique because um, pro football, I mean, really, I never really worked out here in Ottawa yeah. now until the, until the Red Blacks. But um, anybody in Ottawa knew that that wasn't because – of a lack of support for yeah. professional football or football in general here in Ottawa. Um, ownership groups just never, never got it right. 
Um, so, I mean, there's, there's familiarity that way. And then uh, the one thing I'll say is that there's, there's definitely something special about playing in, in your hometown as well. Uh, it's to stay in the market year round. So I have off season opportunities that I wouldn't get um, if I stayed in Toronto where I was before. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of different situations there. And I, and I'd like to tell you that, well, some people do <laughs> dollar chase we call it yeah. in, in the biz right but yeah um i mean my my one word of advice to, to all young players is um especially when we're, we're talking up here in the cfl and and the difference of of a salary might be ten thousand or fifteen thousand and uh i mean to an average person in over like the span of five months that might seem like a lot of money right but i mean after taxes and stuff like that um it's pro sports or what have you done for me lately? And, and our resume is our game film. So uh, if you go dollar chasing for 10, $15,000 more, which is already going to be reduced 40% after taxes. uh, I mean, if you put yourself in a bad situation, then you're going to absolutely crush your, your uh, next contract basically. And your salary might end up going down as opposed to basically keep, uh, as opposed to having it keep rising. Right. Yeah. So um, there, there's so many factors that, that go through the decisions, but it's, yeah, I, I always try and get, give word to the wise there that sometimes being in a good situation is worth more than any dollar figure on, on paper. And in all honesty, I, I really truly do believe that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> what you're saying kind of goes to the old Testament, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And yeah, you know, when, when we talk about going into free agency, free agency is, is a business, right? And it's, you know, you representing yourself as a CEO of Brandon Gillanders Inc. versus whatever team is talking to you for the Toronto Argonauts or their Ottawa Red Blacks or the Edmonton football team, you know, and, and that's, I think, what people get lost in the phrase that, well, they offered him this much money, how come we didn't go? But everything that you're saying kind of, you know, brings all that back to say, I'm doing what's best for me, my family, and my situation of my long-term sustainability as a, as a player. And if I can do that and make that right decision at the right time, then you're going to have a, an eight-year career like, like you've experienced, right? So, um, you know, it, it's really important for, you know, for people who are listening to this and, and everybody who's following a free agency in, in any sport is to look at it from both sides. You got to look at it from the team perspective. They want to get the best players in. They want to make the roster so that way they can go and compete for championships. From a player's point of view, you got to go, one, this is your living. You have to make, you know, a good salary to support yourself and your family. Two, you have to put yourself in a good situation so that way, you know, you enjoy living in the place that you live. Your wife or your girlfriend or your family enjoys living in the place that you live. And, you know, realistically, you need to immerse yourself in all of these good factors. So, that's why when you get into these you know decisions where well you know the guy turned down this much money or he only took a one-year contract and you know why is he doing that this is exactly why i wanted a guy like you on here brennan because you can kind of break it down from a perspective of, hey i've been through this before i know exactly why i made the decision that i made and you know ultimately this is why athletes decide to do things like this like you're saying guys will dollar chase you know i'm sure if someone came up to you today and said hey you know, I want to give you a two-year contract for $4 million. You're probably going to consider it regardless of how good the situation <laughs> is at home. But Hey, you know, again, that might be what's best for that particular person at that particular time. A lot of these guys, 
who are in professional sports, their families aren't very well off. So these decisions come into play. So, um, but that's great. I, I mean, obviously, as we peel back the onion of, of all this kind of stuff, it's obviously great to have it from a player's perspective as well. You know, we call ourselves the front office because we like to explore it from behind the scenes of what management, you know, what, what they do and how they make decisions. But th this is what really makes the difference between signing a right player and signing the player, right? You can sign yeah. the player and sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say exactly 100, 100%, like you said, it, it's, it's exactly that. And I mean, the, the NFL is even more complicated because there's so many more factors because there's much more money involved as well. Right. So, I mean, if, if you talk about um, guys like where Deshaun Watson's going to end up and stuff like that, right. A lot of people also don't realize that the sponsorship opportunities that these guys get are worth way more than the dollar figure that they get in terms of to play football. So, I mean, going to a market like New York and stuff like that, well, who would want to play for the jets? Well, it's not about the amount of money that you get <laughs> playing for the jets. A lot of the time it's about the opportunities that arise from being in New York all year round as well. Right. So um, yeah, like, like you said, there's, there's a whole bunch of, of different um, aspects that go into making the decision, but uh, it's, it's super important to consider them all so that, that you can make it an educated decision. Yeah. Um it, especially here in Toronto, like it, the one thing that I can say is that the the marketplace is so different between being in Ottawa and Toronto as well. Um, just in terms of Toronto, such a saturated marketplace, mm -hmm. and it's not that I didn't. It's not that we didn't feel love being in Argo playing in Toronto. Um, it's just the little little things, right? Our schedule was always tied to the Blue Jays schedule, and when we could yeah. use the Rogers Center, and we'd practice at an offsite location all the time, and. Um, if there was a Blue Jays or sorry, if there was a TFC game on at the same time as we wanted to play in the Rogers Center, we'd have like 15,000 fans as opposed to 26,000 fans. Right. So yeah. um, there, there's so many different yeah. decisions that, that go into it. That's uh, w way more than anybody could understand from the outside, unless you personally asked an athlete, like, like yeah. you're saying. So, yeah. And I mean, I, I urge anybody listening to what Brendan and I are going back and forth on to go on YouTube and bring up the 2004 NFL draft and see the behind the scenes stuff that happens between who the giants were going to take number one. Um, and, and really how that kind of worked out. And you see how frustrated Ben Roethlisberger and his agent and his family were when New York didn't take him because they knew that, you know what? it might not be the best spot for us to win or compete, but guess what? I'm going to a huge market like that. I can make a good living on the side, you know, being the face of the New York giants. So I, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of cool for any sports buff to really peel that back and, and listening to all this going forward. And I mean, you know, I, I'll kind of give, you know, what you're saying, the Toronto market being so saturated, like I remember being out in Vancouver you know, at a time where obviously the Canucks are, are king out there. And this is when they're, you know, they've already won the bid for the 2010 Olympics. They're building up the, the, the Olympic village and starting all that process. So, you know, think about how many fans we have you know, at, at, <laughs> at BZ place. I mean, we're coming off a great cup, but, you know, realistically, you know, we were kind of, you know, third or fourth in the totem pole out there, even with a championship team. So it really does depend on feel and fit. And, and I think Ottawa really doesn't capture all of that in one because one it's a great market for anyone who loves sport but two 
there's just so much that you can experience in Ottawa just by driving down the 417, you know, for 20, 30 minutes. So, um, so again, fit and feel, you know, they're, they're the biggest factors when it comes to that. So, um, you know, and again, you know, as we kind of talk about that, you're obviously not the only free agent out there, right? You know, when you went through it, <laughs> hundreds, thousands of other guys who are running back, who play special teams, who do exactly what you do, what types of things did you do personally to set yourself apart from all of these guys who maybe they could have, you know, maybe these teams could have gotten cheaper by bringing them up from the States? Yeah. I mean, um, first and foremost, I, I think that being likable is honestly an, an extremely underrated um, trait for anybody, literally like across the board, any job, um, people aren't going to hire you if they don't want to work with you, um, whether you're a pro athlete or, or something else. So like I said, there, there was some familiarity with the coaching staff. And I mean, that could go one of two ways, right? Like if, if I was a dick and um, <laughs> they thought that I didn't care or they thought that I didn't know the playbook or any of those things, right? Then, um, I mean, I wouldn't be in Ottawa. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, I think that that's being likable and being a good person um, first and foremost goes a, a long way. Um, you know, people, people like to be able to see effort on film and, and it's a hard thing to see, right? Like how can you evaluate effort on film? But in all honesty, it shows up um, in, in the little things, yeah. shows up in the little things. One, one coach would say it shows up on field goal defense, right? Like that's, that's your chance on defense. Does anyone on defense really want to be out there doing field goal defense right now on say like an extra points or something like that? Mm -hmm. That's like 95% chance he's going to get through Um, stuff like that. So, I mean, doing, doing the little things right. And then just being able to separate yourself by, by being as versatile as I could. Um, I mean, I, I kind of made my name in Toronto by just doing a whole bunch of different things that the coaches asked me to do. I mean, yeah. prior to going to prior to going to Toronto, I never played special teams like at all. I returned a couple kicks in university, but yeah. that was about it. So it, it took uh, getting my head taken off by by a couple <laughs> wedges and blindside blocks to to figure that out. But um, yeah, it's like I said at, at the end of the day. I, effort find ways to to show effort on film and um do the little things right and make sure that that people around you know that you care um is a huge huge factor as well so um i i just like i said i i want my teammates to want to play with me and i want coaches to look at me as as someone that they want to coach so um i i think that that goes a long way and then um, because like you said, there's, there's very, very little that separates the talent between actual pro athletes. Um, there's a thousand different running backs out there, a thousand guys that could play special teams, like you said. Yeah. So it, it comes down to, uh, a lot of intangibles, a lot of the time. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of what I try and focus on and then, uh, let my play do the talking for itself. Yeah, and and obviously you you've been kind of building up this resume since your you know you've been going back to your high school days, but you know especially in university. I mean, you made mention that you didn't really you know you weren't asked to do a whole lot other than carry the rock when you know when you're in university. And yeah, I mean, I, I had the pleasure of being able to see your entire career and even you know being able to coach you for a little bit. And you know, with how much talent you had and how much of a impressive resume you set for yourself just as a pure running back. You know, 
it takes another special kind of, of mentality to say, you know what? I don't have to be that type of player to make an impact in my career. I don't have to do that. But if I'm called upon, best believe I'm going to bust some ass, you know? So, I, I mean, you know, you saying all this stuff really does encompass who you are. And like anybody who's listening to this, like this is who Brendan Galanders is, guys. He is as, you know, genuine about all this kind of shit as anybody can be. And, you know, this guy could easily be a thousand yard running back in the CFL, but because he's, you know, a man of integrity, because he does whatever the coach is asking to do, and because he really does just want to win football games and be a good teammate, he does all the little things. He, you know, plays all the special teams. He, you know, calls, you know, he, he plays running back when he's called upon. Like he does all these things that, again, not a lot of these other guys would be willing to do. And again, I'm so happy that you touched on all those because that's the kind of stuff that separates a guy like you from all these thousands of other players who have the exact same intangibles that you do. So again, kudos to you, man. It's been a very, you know, special, you know, journey for a lot of us older guys who were able to kind of look at you and some of your teammates and where you are now and, and whatnot. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at it from, you know, going into, you know, being a free agent and making decisions that way we just talked about, you know, how you can separate yourself and how you can be, you know, kind of um, invaluable, really. You know, I mean, you know, there's no other, no, no other person who could replace you. So give us the same evaluation for, you know, what it takes to, you know, staying with a, uh, staying with a franchise for a long time and maybe resigning one or two or three more contracts with that team. Is there any difference <laughs> between that and free agency? Um, yeah, a, a little bit. We, we kind of already touched on, on some things, right? I mean, yep. uh, it, curiosity is always going to be out there. You, you have what you feel your value is, um, which is weird to, to begin with trying to associate <laughs> what you do to an actual yep. dollar, to an actual dollar value is, is very, very weird. Um, I'm still not used to it. Like I said, after <laughs> eight years, it's, it's strange to me, but, um, so you, you do get a sense of what you worth and uh, of what your worth is. And we have access to all standard player contracts and what they're getting paid and bonuses and incentives and stuff like that. So um, you, you do kind of get like what your value on the market would be. And yeah. obviously you, you kind of have to one, wait to see if your team wants you back <laughs> and, yeah, and hopefully, hopefully you get that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully get that indication uh, early on. Um and then uh, from there, I mean, it's, it's like I said, I, I think you need to reevaluate your situation um, every year and it's a constant and ongoing process. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, was it McDermott from, from Buffalo that had a great quote after saying, um, you can't expect us to be here back here next year because we have to go and reevaluate every single thing again tomorrow yeah. and start over from scratch. Right. Um, and he's right. 100%. I mean, there's, especially in a league like the CFL, there's so much turnover that you'd, you'd be a little bit silly not to reevaluate the situation after every single year. And, and um, like you said, it comes down to those same circumstances and, and the same factors again, is this still the best situation for me? Um, Is this the best situation for my family? Uh, Does the team want me back? (laughs) Do, does the team and I see eye to eye on what my market value is? Yeah. And then, um, 
it, you kind of readjust. I mean, it, there's a lot of coaching changes as well. So there's, there's a lot of factors that could go into a player leaving um, the, the team. I mean, if, if an offensive coordinator goes and becomes a head coach at another team and you have that familiarity, uh, I wouldn't blame anybody for going into that situation as well. Like I said, because it's, it's just a constant kind of uh, battle between uh, where am I at right now and what's the best situation for myself. So um, for me, for me personally, uh, obviously I've re-signed twice back here in Ottawa. Uh, my friends are here. My family's here. Um, I have absolutely nothing but amazing things to say about the organization and, and the ownership group, the front office. Uh, obviously this year we'll, we'll have a new coaching staff. Um, but so far it's been nothing but amazing things with coach Lapo. Right. Um, so, I mean, like, like I said, I consider myself one of the fortunate ones that I was able to find a good situation and consider myself still in a good situation, yeah, for sure. um, down the road now, but, uh, a lot of people aren't, uh, aren't like that. I mean, you, you play pro sports. There's so many different things that go into it. And, and to say that coaches don't have their guys or the best player always plays <laughs> and things like that. It's like, I, I, it's yeah, you, people that play professional sports or even university sports, know yeah. there's so many factors that go into those decisions and a spoiler, it's not always the best player that plays and, no. <laughs> and, and <laughs> exactly. So um, sometimes life just, life just isn't fair. And, and yeah. that's professional sports. Sometimes people love you one week and people hate you the next week. And um, that's, that's the way that it goes. So there's, there's so many different factors like we've talked about. Yeah. So, so all that being said, anybody who's listening to this again, you're wondering why guys leave your team. Don't always look into what's reported in the media because there's so many factors as to why guys, you know, leave a good situation and, and maybe go, you know, to another team and you're confused why, but um, again, you want to, you want to see it from both sides and that's what we're trying to do here. And, um, you know, hundred percent agree with you. You know, there's so many things that you look at. It's like, you know, why isn't that guy in the field? Why isn't that guy getting more playing time? You know, why is this guy getting so much playing time? And, you know, a lot of times just like a player finds a comfortable position. Sometimes a coach just finds comfort in knowing that, you know what, I can put this guy out here. He might not be flashy, but he'll just go and do what I ask him to do. But at the end of the day, he's not going to wow, or she's not going to wow anything that you know that you're trying to that you're trying to achieve but it is what it is like you said you know pro sports are what it is and that's why you know athletes are compensated the way that they are because you know they could be gone tomorrow and you know this is why guys like brendan are are very you know um very rare that you're able to you know have the longevity that you have and have as as good a standing in not only just a team aspect but a league aspect because i know that you're one of the most well-respected guys in the league and Everybody that I've talked to, you know, who who know you, um, you know, have nothing but positive things. And again, you know, they're motivated by by how hard you work, even in your eighth year. So, um, so kudos to you on that. And um, I mean, as we kind of wind down here, you know, I, I I just I have to plug another thing that that you're doing because I, I see the the things that you're doing outside of football, and, and that's your personal training. I, I know you have a really big passion for that, and I'm sure if you weren't able to play football anymore, you'd literally be training as many people as as you could to to you know kind of understand the Brendan Galanders, you know, fitness uh, fitness goals. So 
know, maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, your, your personal training and, uh, and where you're, you know, where we can find you and, and where everybody can, can look to improve their athleticism and fitness. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have worked out of, out of a few gyms here in Ottawa right now. I'm working out of uh, Titan performance um, located at the Bell Senseplex East or sorry, the Ridgecraft Senseplex, Ridgecraft, I guess yeah. it's, it's called. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so I'm basically working with a senior football group. So I've got a roster of about uh, 19 athletes right now um, because it's capped by yeah. the provincial government right now. How many guys <laughs> we can have in a group? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's, that's definitely my passion. Um, I was fortunate enough that I grew up with amazing uh, football coaching specifically uh, here in Ottawa. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely feel like I need to be able to contribute and give back. And, and I try and do it, get out and get as many guest coaching appearances as I can. But the next best thing as uh, to that is being able to physically prepare the athletes yeah. um, and help them better understand what they need to do to, to get faster, to get stronger. Um, because in all honesty, if you leave it up to 16 year olds, it's going to be <laughs> bicep curls and bench press as, as you know, right? So um, it's, it's tough sometimes, you know, to, to, to give uh, high school athletes specific direction. Yeah. Um, because like I said, it, it, it's not their fault. Even, even the average gym goer, like I, I personally kind of take an issue with uh, fitness magazines, uh, supplement company blogs, um, online resources and stuff like that. If, if you read any of those training resources, you basically are either a power lifter or a bodybuilder and that's it. Cause yeah. those are the only people that write the blogs or the posts. Right. And, uh, neither one of those training, uh, practices are going to make you a better football player. So, yeah. uh, I mean, um, what we do in the gym, I try and teach guys basically how to use their bodies, um, actual training methodology that will hopefully transfer over onto the field and, and teach guys that they, they aren't coming to see me to get better at a specific exercise in the gym. I could care less about how good your squat looks or what your bench <laughs> press is. I don't, I really don't care about any of yeah. that. I care about if you can, if you can run over a 240 pound linebacker, that gets me more excited than a squat PR. Of right. Of so, um, I, I definitely try and, uh, make sure that, uh, guys are training properly. And then I have a few, uh, selected general population clients as well. And in all honesty, it's, it's, they're, they're in the same boat. They want to be able to move the, the way that they want to move when they want to move that way. Yeah. And, and to get their body feeling that way is in all honesty, not all that different from the way that athletes train, train. Um, if you want to be able to bend over and carry heavy things or be able to go out for jogs or walks, or like I said, whether you're playing a game of pickup basketball on the weekend or pick up hockey weekend warriors, it, it's all the same. There's no yeah. need to train for muscle specifically if that's not your goal or to train to get as strong as possible if that's not your goal. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I just try and educate as much as I can and uh help out my clients that way and uh so far it's been going really well um i kind of had to had to transition to doing that full time with with the season cancellation right. um because of covid so uh so far it's been going really well and and i've been having a lot of fun with it well you know you say that you're educating people and you know and that's great and obviously you've educated a lot of us you know um you know obviously you and i having this conversation i think people get a more in-depth look at what it takes to you know, one, be a professional athlete, two, stay a professional athlete, 
and three, look for what you're going to be doing after you're a professional athlete. And I think, Brendan, you've got all three of those things kind of, you know, nailed. And, um, and obviously, wish you nothing but the best, man. And, uh, you know, we're crossing our fingers and toes that, uh, that this season kind of goes off without a hitch and you guys are able to get back out in the field and, and show everybody, you know, what, what we were missing last year. And, uh, yeah, again, you know, Love to have you back on to, to chat about uh, some more stuff as uh, as we kind of grow out of our infancy and in this podcast. But uh, again, man, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, man.